Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We certainly do. Thank you, David Byrne, for letting everyone know. I am your Span Flandiferous co-host, Sarah DeMunting, and I am joined for episode seven of Weird Al versus Everybody by my equally Span Flandiferous host, Mark Blankenship. Hello, Mark. Didgeridoo! <laughs> I mean, we are going back in time to a place I think I had not visited in 25 years. <laughs> yes. Um, as in our Weird Al versus Everybody season, we are pitting the presidents of the United States, all of them, against Weird Al. Mark, could you give the listeners a little more detail as to what we're doing today? Yeah, so as uh, in case you were just joining us this season, in each one of our episodes, we are pitting a Weird Al parody against the original song in a fascinating Thunderdome in which one song will be chosen the ultimate victor. I get a vote, Sarah gets a vote, and all of our Patreon patrons at a specific patronage level get a vote. And if you are not currently a Patreon patron, then we would love to have you join us at patreon.com slash because also half of this season is only available to Patreon patrons at any level. So for as little as three bucks a month, you can listen to this complete season, but it's the only way you can hear everything. Now, as Sarah suggested, this week in our general population episode, we are looking at Lump by the Presidents of the United States of America and also looking at Gump, the Weird Al parody. And Sarah, just to kick things off, I would say it would be an understandable error if you heard Lump and thought it was a Weird Al song. <laughs> I, yeah, I it really... Um... It really was in my mind the the comments that you've made about like the age at which one becomes um, awakened to Weird Al, one's adolescence, I guess, <laughs> yes, and yes. that this band, the Presidents of the United States of America, who I mean, it probably doesn't bode super well for my vote that I am still confusing these guys with the offspring, but anywho, um, <laughs> but this is like peak when this song came out, this is the kind of thing that absolutely, when we were doing sibling mixtapes, my brother would have put on like at the end of side A, because it was all like short, like two minute and seven second songs, kind of like this one, that you could just squeeze on to that end of the cassette when you're making a mixtape. And also that it was just this very like, for a, you know, teen or like, early teen boy who was learning the guitar and stuff like that. Like this pop punk vibe was very uh, like little brothery kind of. And so I just kept thinking about since you and my brother are roughly the same age. Right. I just kept thinking about that like vibe that like, I don't know, eighth grade boy vibe or seventh grade boy vibe that weird Al for good or ill often good um, is able to tap into and how um, it indicated, I guess, it is for this particular 
matchup of songs. What do you think? Uh, I just want to start by quoting a YouTube comment on the video for Lump, which Mm -hmm. says, this was such a jam when I was in first grade. Something about a bunch of guys dressed as Secret Service agents rocking out in the middle of a swamp just says fun in the loudest of pitches. And I think that pretty much puts the point on what you just said about (laughs) the aliosity that this song and songs like it possess. And I was doing some reading about PUSA, if you'll allow me an acronym. (laughs) And uh, when their album, which was a massive success, I should Mm -hmm. also point out, when their album came out, the one that had this and their other song, Peaches, uh, it was heralded by some critics as a welcome antidote to the self-serious, glurgy grunge rock of the period. And Mm -hmm. I can absolutely see that this is a tonic when you think about how seriously Soundgarden, Pearl Jam et al. take themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was kind of assuming when I looked at the Spotify numbers for this band that these songs would have fallen into some kind of obscurity. Because they just seem so, to use the common parlance, deeply unserious to me. <laughs> but on yeah. Spotify, I was I had my mind blown because Lump has been streamed 177 million times and Peaches <laughs> has been streamed 129 million times. Huh. So okay. cl- clearly there are still people in this world who are ready for a two and a half minute burst of unserious rock. And you know, to its credit, lump is a catchy song. And I say this saying, I also don't know that I ever, ever, ever need to hear it again, but there is a brutal effectiveness to the hooks in this song. It's fun in the video. As that YouTube comment suggested, it's dudes in suits jumping around in a swamp. And I, I didn't know if you knew this, Sarah, but Chris Ballou, who is the lead singer and songwriter of this band, apparently wrote this song at least partially about a brain tumor that he had. Yes, I did. I did learn that in the course of my research. Um, I think that I think it is unserious, but I think it's also I, I think there's a slight difference between unserious and um, not trying to do too much. Yes. Um, it just it, like it does exactly what it is, um, which yes. is not yet like it, not that that means it's serious because it isn't, but it has a good ear for it, its own capabilities. This song, which I would say is the hallmark of a good parody on Weird Al's part, too. Uh, shall we hear a clip of the original and then talk some more? Yes, that sounds like a great idea. All right. Love lingered last in line for brains And the one she got was sort of rotten and insane Small things so sad that birds could land Is love fast asleep or rocking out with the band She's love, she's love, she's in my head She's love, she's love, she's love She might be dead you know, I think you're right. What I, I, what you just said made me realize I want to massage my earlier point. It's these guys somehow managed to be funny and silly without being exhaustingly ironic. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's a hard line to that's a hard line to walk, and it's a law. It's a line that Weird Al walks pretty successfully as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with calling it unserious, and I I think they would agree. Like you know, the fact that it's about a you know growth in the skull, notwithstanding the you know that they named it Lump, and it's this you know. <laughs> character who's passed out while the band is playing like okay right. the but only it's also, thing totally motionless except for her heart is one of the lines in the song yeah i mean you know there is a um i think there's a not professionalism but like a competence or an aptitude or all things that sound kind of like damning with faint praise but there's something about a song like this that if you, as the band or the writer of the song, understand that it's like kind of a, on the borderline of just being a bagatelle or like a theme song or something. And right. But you like, you write it, you play it out, you see how it plays out, and you're like, okay, this is a two and a half minute song. We're going to take the record company's money, buy some suits at Men's Warehouse and jump around, like get a fan boat and jump around in a swamp. Yes. Like it's, it is exactly what it is and it doesn't claim to be anymore. Like nobody is stalking around an abandoned house wearing angel wings. If you know, you know. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, not that that's not also unserious, but, um, and I, you know, I'm not their lawyer. Who who cares? They could be unserious, but it's also like there's a um, there's a understanding of what the song is and an acceptance that it's not that big of a deal that I respect. Yes, there it is. It's that they have no. This is it's completely unpretentious, and it is very possible yes. to make quote unquote fun songs that are unbearably pretentious. Mm-hmm. Which is probably why this band has had such a good relationship with Weird Al over the years. Right. Not only did they like the parody of Gump, uh, not only did they like Gump, the parody that he did of Lump, they started to incorporate some of his lines into their live performances of Lump. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weird, Weird Al also directed a music video for them many years later. So this is a band that has a Weird Al sensibility, and I would imagine they were thrilled when they got the Weird Al treatment and they clearly have continued to work with him. So I'm sure that they were. Well, it's an interesting question too. When, when the original is sort of not eclipsed by, but it's already like 62% of the way to being the parody. It's sort of like what I say about soap operas, like a parody of a soap is also a soap like the thing the parody is the same as the thing yes so it's either eminently satirizable or not really satirizable and it's both at the same time it's like schrodinger's parody i don't even know what i'm fucking talking about anymore here's the point i wonder how much that played into people's votes um the fact that not that pusa now i can't stop doing it um, <laughs> were necessarily like baiting a trap, but that the the original was already so close to a satire of something and so ripe for uh, conversion that Weird Al didn't have to do a ton 
to yes. it. So that's sort of an interesting to th- thing to think about that it's like, how far um, did Weird Al have to travel in adapting it? And in this case, I would say not far. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. How much did we have to learn about a song by encountering it as a parody that we didn't know when we encountered it in its original form with right. Gangsta's Paradise to Amish Paradise a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the journey from lump, from lump to gump, like you said, is really a very straight line. In fact, uh, it's like an inch and a half. Yeah. Uh, but before you could, we go in further, fact, step over a tump of sawgrass oh. in the swamp and be right there. <gasps> <laughs> I <know> retire. <laughs> Very good. Uh, let me pump your hand in congratulations. Oh, thank to you. Honor that excellent work. Um, before we go further, perhaps we should listen to a bit of Gump, which is the Weird Al parody, which <laughs> hits that ever, ever current target of the movie Forrest Gump. I love that that is in there since like 20 years later, everybody had that hair. That was like hipster hair. It really was wild. (laughs) Um, For those of you who are too young to remember the movie Forrest Gump was an all encompassing monoculture phenomenon in 1993 Nope, 94. Oops. Mm-hmm. In 1994, you could not get away from Forrest Gump. Maybe only The Lion King was sucking up more cultural air at the time. But, I'm so glad oh, you brought that up. Yes. Those two things were just... Uh, and th- what this... The thing that strikes me about this parody, Sarah, is that if you know Forrest Gump and you were aware of the Forrest Gump phenomenon and you hear that... Weird Al has parodied Forrest Gump in one of his songs. You can create a checklist for yourself of okay. things that he's probably going to mention. Box of chocolates. Stupid yeah. is as stupid does. And he does, in fact, check every box on that list in this song. And for me, that makes this parody less exciting. It's like very accomplished in that it's well done. Weird Al really does a great job, as always, of approximating the vocal style of the song, the musical Mm. style is on point. The band is doing a good job, but this is, I knew what this was going to be three years before I heard it. If you know what I mean? I do. Um, And I'm very glad that you made the point about the omnipresence of this film as like a running through every single cultural conversation, no matter how remote it might have initially appeared to be from it. (laughs) At first blush, like that soundtrack was everywhere. These 60 songs were coming back into rotation. Like, I don't think that it's possible for us to communicate if you were not like culturally sentient at that time, how little choice Weird Al had in terms of this parody that he can't make it, you know, he can't call it chump or dump. (laughs) Although there are, 
so there is the butt reference, which now I think is like the Alfred Hitchcock cameo of Weird Al songs. That <laughs> it's like, is there hand farting or a, an explicit mention of the Tukas drink? <laughs> um, so, and it is present here, showing LBJ his butt, which like, um, if if you had that on your Weird Al bingo card, that's the free space. Uh, <laughs> yeah, seriously, butt reference is the center with the star in it. Right. So, I mean, I was torn on how to vote here because, as I said before, I don't think this covers a ton of distance creatively for Weird Al. Um, But I also think that we have to grade on the curve of, like, if someone had a song like this that was easily adaptable and rhymed with ump, that, like, Weird Al literally... like the forces of destiny would not permit him not to do it this way. Um, I think, I think actually at the time, uh, Janet Reno, who was then attorney general would have arrested him on behalf of the government. Had he not done this? I think, I think so. Um, wake up sheeple. Uh, so it came down to like, if I have to take one of these, to a desert island and the other one is thrown into a volcano on that desert island. How much of the work of both songs is the parody doing? And in my view, it like you, you don't need the original. And one of the things that the original does is to transport you back 30 years. But the, the parody does that also. It sounds very similar. It's just as short it's just as fun. And frankly, I don't think Pusa would have any issue with me being like, I'm taking Al to the desert island. Sorry about it. So my vote here was for Weird Al. What did you do? So I was thinking about the fact that it is in a way kind of interesting to have a cultural time capsule of the Forrest Gump phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel up to watching some 12 minute explainer video with an AI voiceover, <laughs> or you don't want to read some endless Wikipedia page full of bad grammar and speciously uh, phrased comments, you could just listen to this song and get almost everything you need to know about a major cultural touchstone of the nineties. And, um, and at the end of the day, and this is maybe this kind of hair that one has to split with this type of matchup. I just think that weird Al's singing voice is more pleasant. (laughs) So Mm, it is. I also, I also voted for weird Al. Okay. I I do just want to say tip of the cap to Chris Ballou and the presidents of the United States of America for, as you said, being what you say you are going to be. I also mm-hmm. do want to know that listeners might remember from our comeback season, we did a mid-season episode on artists who came back, quote unquote, as children's musical artists. Mm-hmm. And Chris Ballou records as a children's artist named Casper Baby Pants. <laughs> and I don't know how we get better than that. Like, end of show. No. <laughs> no. And get that, he, get that baby paper, baby pants. <laughs> Casper Baby Pants is also a Grammy nominee. So there you go. But yes, I did ultimately vote for Weird Al. And we are very much in opposition to the patrons because in an overwhelming majority, they voted for Lump. Huh. By uh, All right. a, th- 75% of respondents to this poll voted for Lump. 
Hmm. But they only get one vote. <laughs> and we yeah, both get one too. It's true. So, uh, it's true. That, um, yeah. It, it it was a little closer than maybe I made it sound, but um I love that like the the matrices keep shifting for yes. each for each that it's like, well, I mean, how parodic was this already? And how much do we like the original song? And do we have to pick one? Like just sort of making up these um fake axes, fakesies, um, so that I will finally pull the trigger and vote for something and write it down in my notes. Uh it's a fascinating process. It also speaks to something I wasn't quite anticipating when we started this season, which is Weird Al is a very, very nuanced artist. There are lots of ways to talk about him. And it might be easy just to think, oh, he's the guy that farts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But he's so much more. He is that. But he is so much more. And this this song, and especially some of the songs we're going to be talking about in the next few episodes, underscore what a vocal chameleon he is. And Mm -hmm. like how he's, he, he has certain things that you know he's going to parody, but he will take different points of attack. Um, Anyway, there's a lot to think about with Weird Al, and uh, today both of us think that he's got it. We do indeed, and that puts uh, the score for the season to date. Uh, This is our seventh episode, but just a reminder that in the bad-slash-fat episode, everyone abstained uh, wisely. So it is four to two right now in favor of Weird Al. He has four, the field has two. Next time, we will be talking about another 90s parody, this one of Crash Test Dummies, uh, the Headline News parody, if any of you remembers that. But if you want to hear that episode, if you have not joined us on the Patreon, you'll need to do that to hear that one. That's patreon.com slash mastass. Any level of contribution, you get all the episodes of this season and the singles that we're doing about some uh, broader parodies of Weird Al's. Um, and you'll get uh, early drops of, quote, gen pop episodes without ads. However, uh, we would like to add that we are in an ad network, the Believe Network. We are proud members of that for some years now. That's at BLEAV.com if you're interested. You can find us on various social media. Uh, Facebook, we're at Mastass.podcast. Instagram, we're at Mastass Everywhere. Or just Google Marabuntonship, because why wouldn't you? And um, yeah, we hope that you will join us on Patreon and hear the entire uh, season, because the evolution of the discussion um, gets a little more granular if you will, um, across all the episodes. And we'd love to have you on board. Uh, It's a good group and we have a good time. You gotta keep them separated.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.